vows are, even if there's no special reason, we don't know why a person would make such a vow, but we need to know when people make vows, how they work. And so you could have a lot of fun trying to figure out why somebody would say such a thing, but we're more interested in when people say these things, what do they mean? How do we as the Beisden or, or try to figure them out? Uh, but again, it is interesting to see why would somebody say this is hectish to you or you can't benefit from that. But let's go back to uh, Lamed Dalet Amad Beis, 34b. Um, uh, three or four lines from the top. The boy. Boy mine Revchia bar Avin me Rava. Revchia bar Avin threw out the question from, to Rava. Kikri Alecha. A person said, my loaf of bread is forbidden to you. It's, uh, and, and he said it's with a Corbin. Like he said, um, the, uh, it, it should be forbidden to you like Hektish. And uh, then, so that means you can't have it. But then, matana. And then he says, oh, you know what, forget it, I'll give it to you. So the problem is, uh, did he mean that if it's mine, you can't have it? I don't want you asking for what I have. But I want to give it to you, that takes off the Isser or not. Kikri Omerlo ki... Yeah. I'm sorry for jumping in, but is there any concept at all of like I didn't mean it? Like you say, Konem's X Y Z, yes. and yes. Say, oh, I didn't mean it, and like just in this case, he mean the heck. He says, okay, I'll give it to you as a gift. Um. So we had that uh, before that uh, Nidresh Gagos, where well, the person made a vow by mistake or he didn't mean it. Um, I would, uh, and and uh, that would be grounds to remove a vow. But in this case, it, it could be time went by in between. In other words, uh, he's staring at you when you're eating, and you say, you ain't getting this. This is hegdish to you. And then, in the end, you don't end up eating it, and you say, okay, I want to give it to you. So when you made the vow, you intended to forbid it. Um, but I, I believe you're correct. If it was immediate, or, or you did change your mind, or you said it by mistake, then that would be different grounds. But I, I'm assuming over here that he did mean it. Um, so, do we say as long as it's yours, it's forbidden and when you decide to give it to him, it's no longer a problem uh, or maybe you said it's forbidden to you to you it's forbidden that was the question that he asked it's simple even if he gives it to him, it's forbidden that can't be the question. So the Gemara said, but if, if, he didn't, if he meant to forbid it to the other guy, so why did he say, it's mine. When it's mine, it's forbidden to you. Didn't that imply when it's not mine, it's not forbidden? So the Gemara said, no. What's it coming to exclude? Maybe it means if you steal it from me, then you could keep it. So that would be a very strange thing to say. <laughs> if you steal it from me, good morning, welcome. If you steal something from me, then you're welcome to have it. Why would a person say something like that? So this, uh, the, even though the Gemara says that the Gemara, the, the, the way the, the Ron and other people learn it, that it, it, it means that obviously it doesn't mean that because nobody is going to um, uh, let off somebody if he steals it from him. <laughs> I don't want you to take it from me. So when I said it's forbidden to you if it's mine, but if you steal it, then I don't forbid it to you. That, that's just very far-fetched. That's not what it means. So, um, Maybe 
what it's excluding is if I invite you over. If I invite you, you know, if you're staring at it and you want it that it's mine, that you can't have it. It's forbidden to you. If I invite you, uh, then maybe that's a different story. Um, then, uh, when, so, and then we threw out this interesting question uh, yesterday. Uh, this question was, what happens if uh, you're at a meal and uh, a young man sitting next to a young woman and they're passing the challah rolls and uh, as he passes them to her, he says, hurry up, the challah roll zoo. He says, you'll be married to me, and she's just sitting there, and she takes the roles. Now, obviously, she doesn't know she's being proposed to. That would be... The, but let's say she's always wanted to marry this guy, and she finds it, uh, that's, wow, he finally did it, and now he has... So the question is, are these his roles? Do they belong to him? They were just... So he could have taken them. He could have taken... The host passed it to him. So the question is, when you are given food at somebody's house, so they actually talk about this. For example, could you have a take-home? Uh, could, you, could you bring a styrofoam take-home thing and take the food off the host table and put them in and say, oh, thanks, you know? And So no, I, I put this here. If you're going to eat here with me, I didn't give this to you to take home or to propose to a woman. Uh, so that's part of this question here. When I said it's forbidden to you if it's mine, and I invited you over, does that make it yours, and now it's not, it's not forbidden or not? So uh, that's, they point to this Gemara as, as far as that question goes. In other words, uh, that one guest that wants to take home some of your food, uh, the answer would lie in, the, in this Gemara where uh, you said it's mine. When I invite you over, does that make it not, no longer mine, and now it's yours because I invited you, or... Uh, you're eating my food, or no, I'm giving it to you as your food. But any, anyway, that's what the Gemara uh, said. Let's just look at the last run on the page. We're on Lamed Dalit Ahmed Bez. Really, if he decides to give it to him after he forbid it, my role is forbidden, but if I give it to you, it's okay. The key I why did I say mine? Lafuke to exclude the E Azmanilah. Um, if I invite you, even if you come to my house, you won't be able to eat it because it's still mine. It's my, my food. And so I meant my bread is forbidden to you. If, if I decide to give it to you, that's one thing. You come to my house, you can never eat it because uh, I forbid you my bread. Yeah, that's a matana. A matana, a gift. He could acquire it. The question is, it would still be forbidden to him. In other words, this is something forbidden. He, he said, everybody else can eat it, but to you, it's forbidden. So I can give it to you, but it, it's still forbidden to you. To, the question is, I forbid it when it was mine, but now that it's yours, is it okay? And now we're going and saying that when it... Um, yeah, I'm just wondering, at what point does it become his? At what point? You know, in other words, you, you could say, oh, he's mocked. The, the original is mocked. Okay, it's no longer mine, and therefore it's mm-hmm. to, to the second. 
or I'm mezaka this for you. And so likewise, it's not mine, it's yours. The Gemara, I think we can transfer the ownership, but we're more interested, are you allowed to eat it? At, meaning, at which point in time is it no longer mine? No, no. Um, so it's, it's forbidden to me, but that doesn't mean that I can't take it and give it to someone else. It's just forbidden to me to eat. He said to eat, la'ochla. In other words, uh, the, the, well, the truth is, the first case he mentioned the word to eat. This case, it didn't mention that, but I was assuming that he meant to eat. Because um, you're asking that if, if it's forbidden to you, how do you acquire it? How does it, if, if my loaf is forbidden to you, and we say, well, it's no longer mine, now it's yours, so you want to know how does it go into his possession? I, okay, I, I hear that. that uh, I'm not answering you, I'm saying I hear what you're asking. Okay. At any rate, let's see what the Gemara wants to do with that as we turn to today's page, 35A, Laman Hey Laman Alf. Gemara has a question. Omer Parasecha. Can I borrow your cow? Omer Lo Konam Parashani Kanuyala. He says, I swear my cow should be a holy cow to you. It should be a Corbin to you. And you think I'm being selfish? I don't want to loan you my cow. That's the only cow I got. Or or loan me your shovel. I swear it's forbidden to you my shovel, my axe. What? Shani Knuya Nixela Imeshi Kado. This is the only one I got. But guess what? He has other ones. The Nimsa Shiyeshlo. And it turns out uh, he does have other ones. He just wanted the guy to think that he didn't, you know, was, wasn't being selfish. So the uh, Chayev, as long as he's alive, uh, now it'll be forbidden uh, to that other fellow. Mace Oshinit Lumatana. But if he dies or he gives it away, it's okay. So clearly we see that you can, even if you forbid it to someone else, if you give it to him, it's okay. So we said before, if you give it to him, it's not okay. And now we're saying if you give it to him, we seem to prove that it is okay. So, no, it's not a proof. Maybe Maybe you gave it to someone else first, then, and that, that person then gave it to him. And that would prove nothing. <laughs> we want to know if you, you forbid it to him, can you give it to him? Now, you might think this is forced. No, it's not forced. That it was given to him. Uh, it, the word means it was given to him. It means eventually. But not that it was given to him directly. In other words, you gave it to the food bank and then the food bank gave it to him. That, that would be okay. So we can't prove our question, which is if you forbid it to him, you forbid, you use the word my loaf, but once it's no longer yours, would he then be able to possess it or not? Uh, we don't have a proof from this case. Michael, is, is there a reason you would borrow somebody's cow? I don't know. Most of the time they won't do that because they don't want their cow to get a disease from your cows or something like that. I see. Well, that's today. I don't know if they knew about it in those yeah, days no, or not. I don't know. I don't um, know why you would borrow a cow. Well, unless husband, for husband milk or, or for... Yeah, for husbandry or milk or for chew off the ground... I was I was wondering that if you borrowed you know Michael's a farmer so I was yeah, wondering yeah, if there, yeah. there's a reason you have you ever borrowed a cow hey yeah. let me have one of your cows for you. <laughs> you got yeah. the, you the goat business right the but goat business right but do cows do that too or no not really yeah, they're probably not as easy to transport yeah. as the goats yeah. 
well, when you borrow a cow, does that mean that you can have the milk automatically? Is that included, or is that uh, you have to borrow that separate? You know, does that include when you it's like if I borrow? So you do. You, you're right about the husbandry. You can borrow someone else's bull to, to introduce because you might need that. But um, this is the female, the para, right? Para, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay, I was just curious about that. Maybe, that was the, maybe to the nurse. Uh, you know, the hatchet, you bury the hatchet. You could always borrow a hatchet. Okay, yes. <laughs> Can you please find out or say what's the difference of the two words shenitna versus shenitna? Shenitna so means it was given to him. It was given to him means not necessarily from the person who swore, whereas shenitna means that he gave it to him. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's what the art scroll says. The... Oh, so, so, so which one is which? With the Yud, it, it was given to him. And whereas the other one, the Shinasno, is that he handed it to him, he gave it to him directly. So, okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, let's go into the next boy. Boy Mine Ravim Ev Nachman. This has to do more with all these questions. So we said that if you want to forbid something to somebody, you Corbin it. You call it a Corbin. It's, you know, this is a Corbin. So uh, this is a... Um, so Yesh Mila, this is Konim to you. So does that mean that if the person then were to use it, he would be guilty of stealing from the base Hamigdash or not? Yesh Mila Bekonamos Olo. If something actually is temple property and you benefit from it, then you're Moal. That Moal is the special word means stealing from Hegdish. Here, it's not temple property. You're just forbidding it to that person. So how far does it go? When you forbid it to him, is it that you're de- giving it to the base of Migdosh and then there's Mila? Or is there no Mila? Let's look in the Rashi. Konim Karusheshi Klomer. Well, that's not the one I want to do. Let's, it should be Mila Bakolam. Um, let's let's look at the Ran in the middle of the uh, skinny lines. Yesh mila You are forbidding somebody to something, but using the word konam, the nanami menu, and then the guy ignores you, and he uh, says, "I don't care that you forbid it. I'm going to use it." Would he be guilty? of stealing from the, the base of Migdush. Do we say that the vower turned it into something like an offering? Do you say it's mamish like he turned it into a korban? Or do you not say that? So that is the question. Okay, back to the Gemara. That's the newest boy that we're starting off today, the second fresh boy that we have. Boy, mine rav v'nam, yesh Olo, is there mila here or not? Omele, Tinsua, he said, I can prove to you. We learned Malcolm Shnatalaskar. What happens if the guy who you vowed can't benefit from you uh, and then you lose your goat or your or your sheep and he returns it to you and you pay a reward so he can't keep the reward? Who does he give the reward to? Why can't he give it to uh, the homeless? Why does he have to give it to Hegdish? So Lamey Maki Hegdishu. 
clearly, if you got to give it to Hektish, it means it belongs to Hektish. My Hektish yesh bomila, You see from the wording that we said that the reward has to be given to when you return the object and uh, since he, it's forbidden to him, it's got to be given to the temple, the Beis Amikdush, so you see that there would be Mila. So the Gemara says you got a point there. That is a, good, a, a pretty good proof, but Kitanoi. Actually, there are different opinions about this. And they, the earlier ones argued about this. And let's see the earlier one. Konum Kikarzu, um, uh, a person says, this loaf of bread uh, is Konum to you. Kikum, Konum Kikarzu. This kicker, this loaf is Hektish. Um, Hektish, Ochel, Bein Hu, Bein Kaverumal. If you say clearly just this, this loaf is, belongs to Hegdish, I'm donating this bread to Hegdish, so no matter who eats it, they're in trouble. And it could be redeemed. But what about if instead of saying that it's totally owned by Hegdish, you just said, uh, it looks fattening, and I know that I don't trust myself that I'm not going to nibble at it, so you say, to me it's Hegdish. This to me is Hegdish. So I'll be in there. It's not like a full hog dish. But they say it can't be hektish at all. Hektish, it either is or isn't. It's not hektish to me and not someone else. Right? So, uh, but is there, is there mila with this or not? So we see that this was an earlier debate. Yeah? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, some bread doesn't even last, you know, the fresh bread is by the next day, it's, it loses. But, so the fact that it loses money, what, what do you want to say? What did that do? You, you give it to Hegdish. What if Hegdish can't pick it up? Is, is that your question? Um, there's a different question if you have stuff that belongs to Hegdish and Hegdish is going to lose whether you have to like try to sell it or redeem it for Hegdish that's another area that we're not um, we're not specifically dealing with that but I believe that there would be uh, rules about that if if um, if it had a sell by date or something would you be obligated I don't know that once you give it you're ob- in general if somebody has hectish and if it's uh, uh, but that is a good point what's hectish going to how what are the chances that they're going to be able to take this loaf and, and resell it and use it and is there uh, a price on it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Richard is asking yeah yeah so I don't know that that uh, uh, but we're just dealing with the vow part does the hectish actually does it actually become hectish or not and we see that there was an argument about it. We probably passed him actually that it's only for him. It's not hectic for anyone else. That's interesting. Which is amazing. That is amazing, right? Right. Uh, you looked in the Ron, the Ron says that? No, actually it's over here in the, uh, the Ron Uh huh. I said. So uh, yeah, which uh, so somebody uh, had it quoted from the Rambam that apparently that it's hectic, but it's possibly to be hectic for one person and not for another. Wow. That's, that is fascinating. Yeah, that is a huge kiddush. Yeah, that's the. So that was assuming the Rambam holds yesh mi konamos, right? Which you were saying there are two opinions about. But assume it. Not only is there mila, but it's possible that only one person is mole and not another. That, that's what you're saying. Okay. Omer le Rav Acha Breder Rav Avi le Rav Ashi Kikri Alecha 
He said the following, all right, my loaf is forbidden to you, but not when he gives it to him. Mimal, uh, would he be in trouble um, or not? Lamol nosing, and he gave it to him, lo asra aleha limo. Let me see how to read this again. Kipri alechem naslamatana. Mi mo. Who's mo? Lemoel nosin. Hilo asra alah. The one that owned it, he it's not forbidden to him. Limo makabel to say the one who received it should be forbidden. So again, what happened is you turned it into hektish, and then you gave it and you said it's hektish if it's mine. And then you give it to him. So who's in trouble? The one that made the vow, I'm not in trouble because Limol no say the giver, hello Asra. It's not it's not Hegdish to me. I made it Hegdish to you. So I can't be in trouble. Limol Makabal, the one who received it, Yochotoma, he could say it's Heraboy, Yisurlo. I don't want it if it's not for, if it's forbidden to me, I don't want it. Omerle Mikabomo. So the Gomorrah answers, the receiver will get Mi'ila. Not when he receives it. He'll, he'll get me'ilo when he spends it. Because when you deconsecrate something, by then taking it out, that's when, you're, that's when me'ilo takes place. Because um, uh, he thinks it's chulun. So who mal, just like he would be mal there, here also at that point he's mal. The, the more is dealing with a different question. When somebody, it's like an Indian giver, here, have this, but it's hegdish, which means you can't have it. So I don't want to be mole, so why would I receive it? I'm not agreeing to take it. But at the point where I take it and offload it to somebody else, then I'm in trouble because then you're deconsecrating. That's what the Gemara is saying. As we turn the page. New Mishnah. Vitorah mes trumaso. Lamed heyomed beis, 35b. Vitorah mes trumaso. So, Somebody who um, is forbidden to you, uh, you're allowed to take truma for him. That's, uh, that's just considered doing a mitzvah. That doesn't, uh, even though uh, he forbid you to ever uh, have any be- give him any benefit, uh, if you know the Kohen is coming and uh, he's not around, then he says, oh, by the way, Mr. Cohen is coming by. Can you do me a favor? And, well, what do you mean do me a favor? You forbid me to ever do anything for you? Well, this is not for you. This is a mitzvah. So you're allowed to take off truma or meiser or the levi stopping by ledaito. Even if he knows about it and he agrees to it, that's okay. Or let's say the person who you forbid is a Kohen and he's in the base of Migdush and he's going to bring your korbanos. So makra of kine zavin vekine zavos and your wife is bringing some birds, he could do that. Kine yoletas, chatus veshamos. Let's say the person who you forbid is the uh, Rebbe, is the, uh, is the Rav. He can teach you all kinds of interesting stuff, but he can't teach you uh, Kriya. We'll have to see in the Gemara why. Um, I, I was having fun with this idea that uh, Rashi was always a master in sometimes explaining things and sometimes saying, wait for the Gemara. And... I noticed that the Ran and the, uh, the Mephorish over here had different criteria. Sometimes they would spill the beans and sometimes they wouldn't. And so I was wondering, like, the different, there are different times when they choose to... But over here, the Ran says, We love that Mikra, Gemara, and Fersh Taima. The Gemara is going to explain. <laughs> so here, the Ran didn't spill the beans. 
He went like Rashi. So I'm not going to spill the beans either. You'll have to wait, come back to Afyovi later to find out why he can't teach Mikra. Yes. When it comes to doing mitzvahs, we normally say one does not because it's a mitzvah, not because you're supposed to get, you like getting benefit from the mitzvah. Mm-hmm, right. Mitzvahs so, love the hennis, correct. That's the, so le- learning Torah is, or teaching Torah is, is a mitzvah. Right. What about Kriya? Right. So yes, we'll find out of the Gemara. That, that's exactly right, though. But you, he could teach the guy. I find it very interesting that the Mishnah points out both sons and daughters. So when anyone talks about education for girls, you can use this as a reference. Very good. That's absolutely correct. Now, I just uh, point out the thing that Richard said. If you look on the Ran, four lines of Malamdo Medrish to Mitzvah Slav Because as he said, Mitzvah I didn't get a chance to look up. There's a baseball there, which means Rabbi Kieger had something to say. Um, but I didn't have a chance to see what that is. Okay. Um, all right, let's see the Gemara. So, uh, again, even if you forbid somebody to, uh, to do anything for you, they can take your truma, they can bring your korbanos, they can teach you Torah, just not Kriya. And they can even teach your kids. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Iboy lahu. Uh, they threw out the following question. Hani Kohani, famous question. The Kohanim, who do they work for? Shluche Didanu, do they work for us? They're our messengers, they represent us. O Shluche Nishmaya, or they represent Hashem. Who are they? Uh, when they bring Karbanas, is it as if we're bringing the Karbanas? Or no, they are uh, working for Hashem at that moment. Lenain Maskamina, what would the difference be? Lamodor Hana. If, if you get angry at a Kohen and you said, I'm, never t- I'm, I'm forbidden to benefit from you. So, if you say there are messengers, I'm not allowed to use that messenger. I'm having a benefit for us, sir. I can't hire that Kohen to work for me. I can't, I can't, you can't do a Kohen, Jay. You can't bring my korbanos. If they don't work for me anyways, they work for Hashem, Shari, then they'd be allowed. So, my. How does this work? When the Kohanim do it, are they doing it for us or are they doing it for Hashem? So Tashma. Now, conceptually, we were supposed to, uh, the, every family was supposed to have the oldest. We all know from uh, Yitzhak Avinu that the oldest son was supposed to be designated to uh, be the Bechor and do the Avoda for the family. But because uh, too many of the Bechoros in Mitzrayim got involved in idol worship, and uh, especially that came so by the golden calf, so Hashem said, uh, we're taking it away from the firstborns and giving it to the Kohanim. So does that mean that the, now the Kohanim represents each family? Or no, it's like uh, this Hashem just hired them for the job to work for Hashem. How, how exactly does it work? Do they represent us or do they represent Hashem? Exactly. So, and the difference is if we forbid them to us. So Tashma, come in here. So, Tanan, didn't we learn in our Mishnah? Even if you swear off a Kohen, they can bring your korbanos, they can bring your bird offerings, and your uh, zavin is if a person had an issue, uh, if he became impure. So, if you say they work for us, there are messengers, and I forbid him to be my messenger, he's doing me a favor. So, that would be forbidden. So, clearly, they're not our messengers. So our, our, the fact that our Mishnah allows the Kohen to bring the offerings, clearly that proves he did, ain't working for me. But according to your proof, 
I can bring a proof the other way. Listening, Makiru Karbanos. It should just say he could bring any offering. Why does it only list some? So really, the Kohen does represent us. Uh, so then it should be forbidden. Maybe there's different types of offerings. The, the type of offering where the person has to bring an atonement before he'll be pure, maybe that's different. So you can't, you can't really prove from that case. Let's see the Ran in the middle of the thin lines. Uh, <laughs> you thought you're proving me from the Mishnah that the Kohanim uh, uh, don't work for us. That's why they can bring Korbanus. Really, you could look You could prove the exact opposite. We only learn one kind of offering they can bring. And that, this type of offering, most offerings you have to program. You, the Kohen has to ask, who am I bringing this for? and have them in mind. Whereas Mechusa Kapara doesn't work that way. You don't need to know who it's for. So these particular offerings, they don't have to have the owner in mind. But other offerings that you have to know exactly who it's for, those, they do work for us. It should have listed all offerings. And it would have taught us even more. So that's, that's what the Ran says. But then the Ran, then the Ran says, well, it's not a total proof. Even though it's doing him a favor. Most korbanos, you don't get a perk for. In other words, usually when you bring a korban, you just get the spiritual ecstasy of having a korban brought. Um, we don't get, today we can't imagine what that is, but a person felt like a new person, he felt like a million dollars, somebody's bringing a Corbin for you, all of a sudden like, whew, like uh, you, the, the angels that accompany you, you had all these destructive demons that were hovering above you, they disappear. Or you bring a Shlomim, all of a sudden you felt attached to a Kaddish Baruch Hu in a way that uh, you just never did before. So, uh, but that's, uh, that's usually what you get from a Corbin. By these Corbanos, now you, if you were impure, you're now allowed back in the base of Mikdush. You're allowed to eat truma and kachim again. So these particular korbanos, they're not just about connecting to Hashem, they're about permitting you back to eat pure things. So maybe the, these are different. These you could have the coin to do. The koshkin sharkabans. But at any rate, that's what the, the Ran is pointing out. The, he first said it's a proof the other way, but it's not a total proof. Okay, back to the Gemara. So we still have our question, but our proof bit the dust. Um, uh, let's go back to uh, Tashma. Um, uh, let's start the whole Gemara again. Hani kohani These kohanim, do they represent us? Are they our messengers? Do they represent Hashem? What's the difference? If you forbid a kohen to you. If they work for us, so he's giving you a benefit and it would be forbidden for this particular Kohen to work for you. But if they don't work for me anyways, they're representing Hashem, Shari, then it's okay. I didn't forbid Hashem. So we learned in our Mishnah here that the Kohen is allowed to bring Kinez oven, that he's allowed to bring the offerings for the, the men and women that are, became Tomei, the bird offerings. So, 
if you say they represent us, how could they bring these offerings? Come they're benefiting us. The Gemara said, though, no, that's not a proof. According to your reasoning that you're saying that the Mishnah is, the reason it's okay is because they don't represent us, then it should say, listeni, let it teach, that they could bring all types of offerings. It must be that there's no proof. These particular offerings are totally different and they can only bring these offerings because these offerings don't bring really, you every kind of offering, the Kohen has to know who it's for. Except for these kind of offering. And what's the proof? We didn't do this yet. How, what's the proof that these offerings, you don't have to have consent? You can bring for your minor children. That the, a, a child can also become a Zav. He can bang Gadol, bang Katan. And then his parents would bring Korban, let's say, so he can eat Korban Pesach. Or to, uh, if he's a Kohen, he can eat Truma. His parents can bring offerings from him. So these offerings uh, don't need the person's Das. Morris says, According to this, that you see, because you can bring from a minor, what about Zoros Toros Hayaldas? We learned over there, this is the Korban... Um, these are the laws of Korbanus for a woman that gives birth, ben Tana, ben Gedola, whether she's young or whether she's old. So now the Gemara has a side question, which we jumped into. Uh, we're asking about uh, offerings that are brought without the person really being aware of it. And we said that you can bring those uh, kind of offerings for minors. Um, uh, you don't need consent, like all other Korbanus you do, but not for the Mechusra uh, Kapara. But the Gemara says, well, what about the offerings that are brought about giving birth? Those are brought for a girl that gives birth or an adult girl, a woman that gives birth. So the Gemara says, wait a second. Katana basleda. What do you mean a girl giving birth? Girls don't give birth. Hi, Tani Rebibi, Kamei Reb Nachman. Rebibi taught in the, in the name of Reb Nachman. Sholosh Nashim Mishamesh is bemoch. There are three women that are allowed to use birth control. Katana Muberus Eminika. A minor girl, a pregnant woman, and a nursing woman. And the reason is, Katana, a young girl, we're afraid, for if she gets pregnant, it's dangerous to her health and she <coughs> might die because young girls really can't give birth. So uh, how can we say you bring a Corbin for a girl that gives birth? Didn't Rabibi teach it was unhealthy and likely to kill them and, and they can't give birth? The Gemara says, who's those Tarasayaldas? You're right. We don't need a Pusik to say that you can bring korbanos for girls that happen to give birth because guess what? They don't give birth, healthily. <laughs> that doesn't happen so often. Uh, but what does it come to teach you? What happens uh, if the woman um, who's, uh, isn't well, if she's not mentally there, can somebody bring an offering from a Kohen who's married to a woman who's... Uh, uh, not in, can he, and he wants to feed her truma, and she became impure. Can he bring an offering for her? A man can bring an offering for his wife even when she's not all there. A person, um, there's a different question. The, uh, even if the woman isn't considered like she owns property, if she's married to a rich guy, she's rich. She brings the offering uh, based on his station. Uh, now, how do you know that the, the husband has to bring the offerings? This get, offerings can get expensive. If a, if a person has a certain kind of issue where they become impure, uh, they'll have to bring offerings. And the question is, who has to pay for them? So 
it's actually written in the Ksuva that that's one of the husband's obligations. Everybody needs that offerings be brought for them. It says, That's the quote from the, uh, the Ksuva that the husband takes on, that even if the wife isn't able to bring, the husband brings for her. Um, so uh, there are cases we see that you could bring for somebody else, so maybe those offerings are different. In other words, most korbanos or many korbanos, you have to have the person's knowledge and consent and be aware of it. But, but offerings that just permit the person to become pure, those type of offerings you see either because you can bring for a minor or because you can bring for a person who's not well, who's insane. So you see that those offerings are different. That's all the Mara wants to say. And therefore, you don't have a proof from those cases. And we'll leave it for tomorrow uh, to finish this discussion, the Kohanim, do they represent us or do they represent Hashem? And again, we also have to find out why they, the, if we swear somebody to, to benefit from them, they're not allowed to teach us a chumash, but they are allowed to teach us other stuff.